The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is an emergency podcast for Nick Sirianni being hired by the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have found their next head coach, and that's right. That means that we have kicked Ryan Wilson out of the podcast and joining us, Debo, uh, along with John Breach to talk about the Eagles' uh, new head coach. So we're live currently on Twitch and on YouTube. If news breaks and you're like, man, I oh, I don't want to wait for these guys to – I don't want to wait for this podcast to get up. I want to download it right now. You can do that. Just go over to uh, to Twitch, and you can watch us live. You can actually comment. Um, if, uh, like, for instance, James McDermott wrote in, on the YouTube chat, love the hire, angriest, love you, angriest. Right. Hey, because he's been hanging out in these uh, podcast chats. Uh, but let's get to it. Breach, Debo, what's Breach? How are you doing, buddy? Well, first of all, I thought this was an emergency podcast to break down Dan Campbell's opening press conference. Uh, to, and we're going to kick each other in the teeth. Then I saw Debo here with his Eagle shirt. And I was like, nope, nope, something else happened. And it turns out uh, Debo's team finally has a head coach. Uh, Debo, a good short opening statement by Breach there which allows you to really dive in and say how you're feeling about the hiring of Nick Sirianni after, uh, you know, as we pointed out, <laughs> Simmons Stem loves to see the sausage. Um, <laughs> it, so, like, Doug Peterson was hired by the Eagles to replace Chip Kelly. 2016. Right? Yep. 2016. Doug Peterson wins a Super Bowl. 2017. 2017. The Josh McDaniels is hired by the Colts after the Eagles beat the Patriots. Josh McDaniels bails on the job. So the Colts go out and snipe Frank Reich, offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles under Doug Peterson. And now the Eagles in 2021, ahead of 2021, fire Doug Peterson and go out and snipe Frank Reich's offensive coordinator. So if you think the NFL is a little incestuous and a little weird with how they do things, yeah, you're right. Uh, but what are your thoughts on the hire, Diva? I am happy with this hire. I think it ticks a lot of boxes. It's not the person that I had in mind. I had tossed out Josh McDaniels as as a leader for me. I had tossed out Deuce Daly. But I think this catches some Eagles fans off guard. It, it makes sense after you digest it a little bit. But in terms of the process of the hire, Nick Sirianni catches me a little bit off guard. 
But you, you guys have asked me, I think in previous months in the off season, you know, Debo, if you, if you had a chance to trade Doug Peterson for Frank Reich, would you do it? And my answer was often no. I think this is ownership's answer and them saying, yeah, they wish they still had Frank Reich and this is the closest thing that they can get. They think Nick Sirianni is a lot closer to Frank Reich than Doug Peterson ever was. So I'm encouraged by the hire. I think it's somewhat of a splash. Breach Light's talking about the splash factor with these hires. He's, he's under 40. He's got an Italian last name. That, that's good for Philadelphia. He is an offensive mind, and he has that connection to Frank Reich and, by proxy, Carson Wentz. I think, you know, I thought I was the most loyal Carson Wentz supporter. I think it might be Jeffrey Lurie. I think every move indicates that Jeffrey Lurie fully believes that Carson Wentz can be a franchise-changing quarterback still five years in, and as Brinson pointed out yesterday, almost 29 years old. This is a the path to get back to Carson Wentz being an MVP candidate as he was under his last season with Frank Reich. So I think this is, this is the path there. This is full belief in Carson Wentz 2021. I think the trade rumors stop. I think Jalen Hurts might be the one on the move rather than Carson Wentz. I do think it is a little hilarious that we heard all not even off season, but maybe the last two years that the Eagles offense had kind of gone downhill since Frank Reich left. So how do you fix it? You bring in someone who learned for three years under Frank Reich. So it, it is weird. We talked about, uh, you know, would the Eagles go back to the Andy Reid coaching tree and dip in that well again? Uh, not exactly, but they go to the Frank Reich coaching tree. Does this qualify as a Frank Reich coaching tree? I don't know. Cause Sirianni was also in, uh, San Diego when the Chargers were there with Mike McCoy. He was in Kansas City. With Todd Haley, is this the Todd Haley coaching tree, the first ever branch no. of the Todd Haley coaching tree? Is that what it counts as? Um, I, I like this hire, but it's also interesting to me because it is def. I mean, I think we see a commenter here who says he's a Cowboys fan and he hearts this hire. Keep it up, Philly, which means it is not a good hire to that person. So from my point of view, here would be my concerns if I'm an Eagles fan is that, number one, in Indy, I believe Frank Reich was doing the majority of the play calling. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. So you yep. now have a guy who is an offensive coordinator but has never called plays. So that if you're bringing him here for his offensive philosophy to fix Carson Wentz, uh, you know, is Suriani going to want to call plays? Because he's going to say, I've never done that before. I want to be in charge. I want to be the guy the buck stops here. Or do you bring in another offensive coordinator and you let that guy call plays but if you let the guy below you call plays in your first head coaching job, I feel like that creates a, a weird dynamic. Uh, so I think that is the interesting part. But then you look at Sirianni. When he got hired by the Colts in 2018, Frank Reich said, look, this guy's not going to be on our staff very long. He's going to get hired as a head coach. And here we are three years later. And let me say it has been a huge week for former Division three assistant coaches. Uh, this guy, Sirianni, started at Mount Union, which is only about – I think two hours away from John Carroll where Brandon Staley got his start in Ohio. Um, so he's had an interesting coaching career. He started at the bottom as an assistant coach on a D3 team, moved up to a division two team and then made the jump to the NFL. So I think technically this is a, a deep branch or multiple branches off of the Bill Cower coaching tree because Bill Cower had Ken Wisenhunt under him. Uh, in, uh, in Pittsburgh. And then Wisenhunt had Haley under him in Arizona. Haley went to Kansas City and that was the first NFL job 
for Nick Sirianni if you wanted to go that way. I think the I mean, that's a that's a, a really a deep dive in, in terms of in terms of handing out a, a coaching tree. I think what's this would be my question for you, Debo. I'm ready. Are you at all concerned that that um the Eagles this is a FOMO hire for the Eagles because they let Frank Reich go? Yes. I think that okay. is a very fair concern. Okay. That was an easy answer. Um, <laughs> okay, I thought, it was, I thought you would expound on that a little bit long. I mean, like, it just feels – so the, I mean, the Eagles fire Doug Peterson and then hire Frank Reich's right-hand man. Now, I think Sirianni – I mean, look, you know, you look back at, at what they've done and ter- what he's done in terms of production. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, say what you want. I mean, he was just an offensive quality coach there in, in Kansas City until 2012 when he was the wide receivers coach. That 2012 team – um Glad you didn't have to deal with any of the quarterbacks there. Uh, but they, you know, they were, they were a terrible football team. They got, everybody got fired. And that's when Andy Reid was brought in. He didn't stick around, but he moved to San Diego, uh, with the, the, with the Chargers there, where he was the offensive quality control coach. He was promoted in 2014 to be the quarterbacks coach, which is, uh, where he was for the next two years. Then Frank Wright leaves. I guess Mike McCoy got fired. Anthony Lynn was hired. But Frank Wright gets another job with Doug Peterson in Philly. At that point, Sirianni sticks around and is the wide receivers coach. And then when Frank Wright gets his job in Indianapolis, that's when Sirianni was brought over from San Diego to Indianapolis. Now, we can talk about Frank Wright calling plays all, all we want. I mean, that's, that is, uh, that is perfectly fine. I think it is worth noting that, you know, it's it's kind of hard to judge exactly how Sirianni did. The Colts were ranked uh, 17th, 18th in points, excuse me, 25th in yards and 16th in points offensively in 2019. But that was with Jacoby Brissett banged up for really half of the year. And then in 2020, they ranked 10th in yards and 9th in points, which is very, very good. And that was with Phillip Rivers in there. Uh, someone asked, how will the Eagles' offensive approach And Amberton with Andrew Luck ranked fifth in points and seventh in total yards. So when he's had quarterback talent. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, he was there. Sorry, I screwed that up. He was there with Luck, and they were a top ten offense. Luck his first year, Jacoby Brissett his second year, Rivers his third year. So he's had to deal with three completely different types of quarterbacks to and, and been somewhat successful with each one. That's a, that's a great point. And so, I mean, I think if you take – if you take Carson – if you take Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett and Phillip Rivers – and you sort of mash them all together and you walk a hundred feet backwards and you squint your eyes and maybe slam a beer. So that way your vision's a little more blurry. You can kind of see Carson Wentz. Like that's not crazy, right? That like, might be, right? that might be one of the best analogies you've ever made. Like I started to think about it and, and take that hundred yards back and I'm like, like yeah, yeah, there's, there's pieces of, of all of them. With the play calling stuff, I don't mind it as much. Uh, I'm going to beat the drum again. I, I didn't like that Doug was the do-it-all guy this year. So if Nick Sirianni can lead the offensive approach, work super closely with Carson Wentz, have him be his reclamation project, and then work in tandem with a smart offensive coordinator hire that the Eagles are able to make in the coming days in terms of the offensive plays, that's kind of the formula I want rather than this guy in his first job as a head coach coming in and having to worry about 
scripting the first 15 plays and just the offensive game plan on a weekly basis. I want him to be a large part of that, but I would like those keys to be relinquished a little bit to an offensive coordinator. And I want Sirianni to focus on Carson Wentz, which I think was probably the selling point in his interviews, and then also be a leader that this team needs and kind of probably lost in the latter part of the season with Doug Peterson. Um, I think there's a decent chance that you could see say, uh, Shane Stitchen end up being the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator for, uh, uh, for, um, uh, Anthony Land last year and the Chargers. But Sirianni, he was an offensive quality control coach for the Chargers back in 2015 when Sirianni was the quarterback's coach. And so they'd been in, you know, they were in LA or in San Diego and LA for, for several years together. So I don't think that would be entirely shocking given that because Anthony Lynn is out of a job, because Stitchin is still up in the air, you know, there's been some discussion that Stitchin could end up keeping the job in, um, in, in LA because of the work he did with Herbert last year. There's been some discussion about bringing him to Seattle because of, you know, they just think that he'd be a good fit there. But certainly if they hired Nick Sirianni, in this job at his age, Devo, as you point out, uh, you know, just 39 years old, a June, June baby. Oh man, this guy's, this guy's 11 years, 11 days older than me. That's, that's always fun. Um, if you, you know, if you hire Sirianni, he, he's not showing up and you're like, well, I'm kind of excited about this job. I think, you know, maybe we can make some cool stuff happen. These guys get hired this quickly by teams in markets like this. Because they have a plan and they come and they present a plan and you say, listen, these are the coaches that I am going to try to hire. I have talked with this guy. He will be, you know, he's interested in coming. Maybe it's Pep Hamilton instead, you know, somebody I mean, not as big a connection there, but I think that's always possible. Maybe, um, and, and certainly when you hire Nick Sirianni, when you're interviewing any of these guys for Philadelphia, there is a deep dive discussion on how to fix Carson Wentz and whether or not you think you can do it and you sell your offense, the offense that you run. A run heavy offense that the Colts like to use. And that's what Frank Wright liked to use. You know, you could, it's, it's multiple. It's not like a, you know, staid, old, boring, uh, you know, run heavy offense, but you know, it's, it's, you're going to focus on the run. Like I think they're going to lean on Miles Sanders to make Carson Wentz better. And I think that would be a selling point. Like, listen, we're going to get Carson in this system. We're going to run the ball with Miles Sanders. We're going to use play action, use Carson Wentz's legs to get him out in favorable reads to give him deep looks to some of these guys. I mean, it's not a hard sell if you're Sirianni based on what you've done the last few years. And how many conversations do you think Nick and Frank had about Carson over the past three years? All, all those keys that were kind of given to, to Nick. And, and I'm sure Frank's like, Hey, this is what we were doing a little bit in Philadelphia. Frank Sirianni brings that into the conversations with Jeff Lurie. And, and like you said, the FOMO factor kicks in and he's just like, whoa, like you're mentioning Carson like this. And, and those conversations that you have with Frank that I'm not able to have anymore. I think that is, is, is quite alarming in a good way for Jeffrey Lurie during these, these interviews, because it really, like I said, came about pretty quickly. It looked like Josh McDaniels or, or Deuce Staley in the mix or, or some others. And then all of a sudden, it's Nick. Nick Sirianni. Well, and, and one know. other thing is here is that you have Wednesday. So, you know, the Colts woke up Wednesday morning. Oh, Philip Rivers is retiring. Let's make a list of quarterbacks. Maybe we can grab this offseason. Let's find out if we pull off a trade for Carson Wentz. He's possibly on that list of people you at least call and check on. Uh, that's not happening now, you know, because like, now the Colts offensive coordinator is in Philadelphia. And I don't think Sirianni takes that job unless – he convinced Jeffrey Lurie that, hey, I can make things work with Carson Wentz. And as we just talked about with the fact that Soriano was in 
Indianapolis for three years, and he had three different quarterbacks in Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, and was highly successful with two of them, mildly successful. The Colts went 7-9. and Jacoby Brissett was pretty good, even though he was battling injuries for a lot of the year. So that, when you're Sirianni, that's your selling point. You're saying, look, I already did well with these three quarterbacks. Carson has just as much talent, uh, if not more, then, you know, uh, 38-year-old, 39-year-old Philip Rivers, uh, injured Jacoby Brissett, and maybe not Andrew Luck, but you can get him close to that level if he's healthy, wants to play, and you have a good offense around him. So uh, I, I think that will be one thing to watch. As for his scheme, he actually talked about it a little bit, and he kind of goes to the Belichick school of, I don't really have a scheme except that I'm going to devise my scheme around the players I have on my team. Because a lot of times you'll see in the NFL, especially with offensive coaches, is they have their scheme. They are dead set on their scheme, and you are going to run their scheme no matter what. So they're trying to put these square pegs and these circle holes because the players they have don't necessarily jive with the scheme they want to run. And Sirianni was saying when he got hired by the Colts, he said, look, I'm going to figure out the players I have. I'm going to figure out their strengths and their weaknesses. I'm going to maximize their strengths, try to hide their weaknesses, and that's going to be my system. So there's not really, and I know, Brenton, you know, you talked about the possibility they could run heavy. They clearly need to run more with, with Miles Sanders. But you just look at the Coles offense in 2020. I mean, there were games where they had less than 100 rushing yards. I think they had four games. But then the flip side, they had four games with more than 150 rushing yards. So there, there were times where they would try to pound the rock. There were times where they tried to throw it, uh, it, you know, a bunch. So it just depends on who they were playing and it really was, you know, we see Belichick do it every week, switch up his game plan on defense, and the Colts kind of did that in offense. Yes, they stayed with the run game a lot, but it wasn't, they, they weren't dead set on keeping it. They weren't doing what the Titans did uh, in their playoff game they lost, where it was like, we're just going to keep handing off to Derrick Henry on first down, and we don't care if that doesn't work, we're just going to keep doing it. The Colts would do it maybe twice, and if it wasn't working, be like, all right, we're going to start throwing on first down. So they were more adaptable, and I think that's what we'll see from Sirianni and Philly. Okay, just um worth noting, this is from Sirianni's bio in Indianapolis, but I think um yeah, I think it's just worth pointing out what like what the Colts are highlighting, what Sirianni is highlighting. Because if you're you know, if this is your bio as a professional football coach who's aspiring to be a head football coach somewhere, you're having input in that bio. <laughs> and if you don't like the way it looks, you're having it edited. Uh two thousand in two thousand nineteen, the Colts registered a top this is the second sentence on there, a top ten rushing attack for the first time since two thousand one, as the team boasted the league's seventh ranked rushing offense, hundred thirty three point one yards per game. Obviously he hasn't updated it after the twenty twenty season. Um point out that the running backs were good. The Colts were the only team in the NFL to start the same five offensive linemen in all 16 regular season games. The group tied for the ninth fewest sacks allowed in the league. Two guys were named to the Pro Bowl. Then you scroll down a little bit, and it's like in 2018, the Colts ranked among the best in the NFL in numerous categories, including yards per game, blah, 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 blah. They were, and then it points out one of the biggest improvements in 2018 was the offensive line, which allowed the fewest sacks in the NFL and the most games with zero sacks allowed. And I guess I'm pointing this out because I think that Sirianni certainly came in and said, look, you got a quarterback in Carson who's scared. He's lacking confidence. He's taking too many hits. We're going to fix that, whether it's through the running game, whether it's through building up the offensive line. We're going to make this team better and make Carson Wentz better by building up the things around him to improve that. I'll be very curious to see who he ends up hiring as the offensive coordinator. I would anticipate, though, Debo, that he does call plays just because you don't hire a young, offensive-minded guy like that. And maybe maybe he doesn't, but 
we'll would see. say it's it's more likely than not. But I think what both of you guys just did is important because we know about Sirianni a little bit, but compared to a lot of the other candidates that were being mentioned, there's a lack of knowledge about what Nick Sirianni does and who he is compared to, to Josh McDaniels and and the Robert Salahs and even the Arthur Smiths of, of this coaching nature. Arthur Smith was getting a lot more pub um, this season than Sirianni. I mean, when we talked about head coaching candidates in early January, well, Sirianni wasn't really on the list for this year. We, we thought maybe in, in future seasons he might be towards the top of that list, but we did not think it would come as soon as 2021. So, I still have a lot of learning to do. I'm going to do a lot of reading today, but, but this is helpful. Will, I will say that maybe to your benefit, I don't, I don't know if we're going to call him Nick, the most important player in Eagles history. Yeah. The most, I mean, when you're, you're Super Bowl MVP and the only Super Bowl title you've ever won, the quarterback's name is Nick. I don't know if you can call the coach that. Oh, right. So you call Nick, you call Nick Foles Nick instead of just Foles. I mean, there's only one Nick with a statue in front of the stadium, and it's not Nick Sirianni. I mean, what are you going to do with Doug's statue? Trash it. Like, sell it on eBay. Throw off his head and replace it with, like, Doug from Nickelodeon. Be like, there's Doug. He's great. You guys sound funny. like Prisco. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So removing my my fandom from the process, what do you think Sirianni can accomplish and is expected to accomplish in, in year one with the Eagles next year? And maybe it's beyond wins and losses. Maybe it's something to do with Carson Wentz. I think it's a lot to do with Carson Wentz. Well, I think that he should write a thank you note to Doug Peterson because all he has to do is get the five wins <laughs> and he won't be viewed as a fa- failure in his first year no matter what happens. So that's a low bar. It's a pretty low bar to set. And I do think that obviously Carson Wentz will play a big role in that. You need to, you have to have the fan base feeling good about Carson Wentz as their quarterback and Carson Wentz going forward. So I think if you're the Eagles and you go seven and nine, but Carson Wentz looks pretty good, people will feel it's a first year coach. You're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. So you'll feel good about your future. But if they go four and 12 and Carson Wentz plays like trash, it, now you're questioning the coach on top of the quarterback, on top of the organization's ability to hire coaches. So, you know, like that could go the wrong way, could go south quickly. Um, but I think as long as Carson Wentz plays a little bit better and the team wins uh, you know, seven, six or seven games minimum, you know, anything better, obviously better, then I, I think they're fine. I mean, I think you don't have to go make the playoffs at all. That's not a necessity. And I do think it comes up to Carson Wentz and how, like, can you get Carson Wentz? If you get Carson Wentz, just like, I think uh, to make another analogy, Uh you don't need Carson Wentz out there winning 
the Tour de France, right? He doesn't need to get on that bike and win the Tour de France. What you need is Carson Wentz to put the Band-Aid on his knee, walk back down, pick the bike up. Maybe you can go down there with him and you can tighten the training wheels. And then you get Carson Wentz on the bike again. Like that's just get him on the bike with some training wheels and get him moving. And then after the next year, you can take the training wheels off and maybe Carson is more comfortable in the offense. Um, but I mean, I think, I mean, Wentz is historically one of the single biggest regressions we have ever seen a quarterback have. Maybe the biggest. Yeah. I mean, maybe the biggest ever. And so I think that's Nick Sirianni's job is to come in and kind of make Carson Wentz kind of get Carson Wentz right. And if that, if that, it doesn't have to be him being an MVP candidate. It has to be him looking like an above average quarterback who thrives within a system, a run heavy system. And that's what they look. Philip Rivers was trash in 2020 or 2019, excuse me. And 2020. No, he's great in 2020. Um, but they brought him into a system that allowed him that catered to his strengths and didn't ask him to carry the whole team. And I think that's sort of what Doug Peterson's system did was like, you're asking the quarterback to do too much and Carson Wentz had lost his way already. So get him inside the structure of a system. And then maybe in year two of that system, a la Aaron Rodgers, you know, you can take a leap in the system. And I think that's the key. Get Carson Wentz to buy into the structure of your offense, get him back on track, push him downhill after that. Carson's practically 40 at that point though, but your, your analogies have been on today and it's something much more simplistic thing that I've said in, in previous weeks and months. We need 2019 Carson Wentz, not 2017. I'm not expecting MVP, best quarterback in the league for through 13 weeks version of Carson Wentz. If we can get 2019 with a few more weapons, that I think is a formula for success. And even removing, you know, my attachment to the team, we, we all talked about the Eagles as a borderline Super Bowl contender throughout the offseason. We love the continuity that they had compared to the rest of the NFC East heading into this year. Every single thing that possibly could have went wrong went wrong this year, led by Carson Wentz, also led by a plethora of injuries, also led by poor play calling. But I, I don't see it as outside of the realm of possibility that they really do compete for for the playoffs next year, knowing that there's seven seeds and knowing that division is, is going to be super weak probably once again. Seven wins got you in the playoffs this year. Seven wins might get you in the playoffs next year, even though, you know, Dak is coming back. See what happens in Ron Rivera's second year in Washington. I fully expect, and I know the fan base will expect this team to be in the playoffs once again. That's just not how the fan base operates to, to view next season six or seven wins without a playoff berth as a success. And Carson Wentz needs to be a, a top 10 quarterback and we'll mm, see. Not next year. And so you can't, that too, you can't ask him to be top 10 next year. Why not? He, I don't think the top 10, I'm not saying that his ceiling is not top 10 next year, but I think asking if that's a requirement of Nick Sirianni having a successful season next year, that's a problem. I do think, I don't think they need to make the playoffs either, but I do think you're right, Debo, in the sense that they need to be in the mix. Like they got to be relevant and around because if they're not, Jeffrey Lurie is going to start tapping his finger. You know, shave, like doing his fingernails, like that little cat meme at, uh, at Howie Roseman. Like, I thought you said this guy was going to fix everything. Well, how? I 
don't think Howie Roseman should be there now. So if if there's something that happens with with him, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But I don't want the Eagles to turn into an organization that is looking for a coach on on a yearly basis. They never were that type of organization. They had Andy Reid for 14 years. They had Chip Kelly. That didn't work out for three, and then Doug Peterson for five. I don't want to revisit this coaching cycle and have an emergency podcast for the next 10 years. I hope Nick Sirianni is the guy. And no, I don't think Nick Sirianni's job is going to be on the line if he doesn't you know, get Carson to that top 10 level next year, but we want to see some considerable progress. Well, I mean, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but Chip Kelly went to the playoffs twice and you fired him. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl and you fired him. Like there's some real giants. Oh, I thought we were a good franchise. And all of a sudden you realize you're, you're kind of a kind of not starting to creep up here in Philadelphia. If if we get one Super Bowl out of every coaching cycle, like like the last one, I'll I'll take it. I'll take the turnover. That's not how that's worked. Yeah, that's not how it works, Debo. I I as somebody who's followed the Bengals, uh, I can tell you for sure that's not how it works. I think I think your point is very well taken that you don't need to be cycling through coaches, but at some point you've got to, like I mean I, I'm not saying that the Eagles have drifted into. Giants, oh my God, I thought we were blue bloods and we sucked territory. I'm just saying they're tiptoeing the line there. Yeah, I so mean, I would, now, now it's, but for, for 22 seasons, they had three total head coaches. I know, I know we're getting closer to, to that line, but I mean, that, but that's Andy for 14. Yeah. So Andy Reid for 14. Uh, by the way, Emmanuel asks on the YouTube chat, going into this year, who'd you rather have Daniel Jones or Carson Wentz? Um, who's my coach? No, I think just in a vacuum. Daniel Jones? Obviously Daniel Jones. Is it Daniel Jones? It's Daniel Jones. Well, Debo has to say Carson Wentz, I think, for his brand. Yes, for Debo, the brand. what's your brand? Are for you going to say Carson Wentz? Because then your brand is you don't know anything about quarterbacks. Do you want that to be your brand? You really think uh, it's Carson Wentz? No, I mean, it's Daniel Jones because – both guys might be broken, but at least one's on a rookie contract. <laughs> That's the answer. Like, did Chip Kelly only make the playoffs I thought, once? I thought we're doing he, a vacuum. He went ten and six both years, and oh, didn't, didn't only made it once. Yeah, right. Um, you thought we were doing what? I thought we were doing it in a vacuum. I'm not. I'm not factoring in contracts. No, 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 no. no. The vacuum is a coaching staff, but contracts count. Contracts included in the vacuum. I, I'm still. I, I know. You can answer. You can. You can say. Contracts included Jones, contracts not included Wentz if you want. I, I am still a believer in the, the peak of Carson Wentz, and that has been incredibly higher than anything Daniel Jones has ever shown. And even if he gets back 75% of the way there, that's a lot better than Daniel Jones ever has been or ever will be. Okay. Well, it's good to know that Eagles fans remain delusional. About hit, hit me with a grade breach. Uh, I'll give it a B. I will give it a B because I do think it could be successful. And if Suriani can fix Carson Wentz, that's the main thing here. Uh, but again, you're in a weak division. So, you know, if you fall out of your face out of the gate, you don't fix Carson Wentz in year one, you go five and 11 or something. That's not a good look for anyone in the organization because it makes it look like the coaching hire was bad. You hired a guy, couldn't fix Carson Wentz. And then the coach had a bad year. So I, I do think there will be some pressure in year one, but I do think that Suriani can uh, overcome it. So I will go with a B. Is there anyone on the market that you think they will regret not hiring Brinson or Breach? Uh, maybe Josh McDaniels. 
it, it, it feels like the, it was, a, it's just a really good buy low time on McDaniels. Like nobody's been able to prime out of New England since he went back after the Denver fiasco. You know, the it, Patriots offense was down this year. You know, you could, I, I don't know. It just felt like a, a good buy low time on McDaniels where you could actually get him to come over and be your guy. But, um, uh, Doug Peterson, maybe they regret firing him instead of uh, who they regret not hiring. I, yeah, I wish I could rewind, uh, 11 days and, and not fire Doug Peterson. That's, that's I, I think, my grade. I think, I think one thing that I would say about this too, that is sort of flying under the radar is that the Frank Wright is not just a really good coach and a good play caller and a good offensive designer. He is also really big into teaching people around him and spreading sort of, you know, the like spread it, like, like, he, you know, he's coaching, but he's also teaching. And so I think Nick Sirianni, by virtue of working with Frank Wright for that long, has probably soaked in a ton of lessons that Frank passed along to him. Um, I would say I would give this grade, I'll give this higher a B plus because I'm, and I would even give it an A, except because I think it went outside the box of what we expected from Eagles fans. The one thing that, that downgrades this higher for me a little bit is that it feels, it's like, all right, we, Man, we want to hire Kafka, but we're going to get like Blitzkrieg if we do that because it's Andy's guy. And like, you know, the enemy is above Kafka and their organizational chart. They're like, All right, what if we go hire one of Frank's guys? We can't hire Frank. Will they let us hire Frank? Can we bring Frank back? They probably won't let us do that, will they? And they're like, All right, well, what about Frank's guy, Nick? And that's how you end up with Nick Sirianni. I'm surprised John D. Filippo wasn't involved somehow in the process or. No kidding. That would have been a disaster. Yeah, I think B, B minus, B plus, depending on how you feel about Sirianni. And like, obviously I'm sort of a homer because he coached Philip Rivers a bunch, but, uh, all right. That'll do it for us. Eagles have hired a head coach. A lot of reading for Debo to do. Yeah. And, uh, we're excited to see what the future brings for your Philadelphia Eagles, Debo. Make sure and check out everything in the feed. See you guys back at Twitch and on YouTube.